Our focus today is, is, is called righteousness. And it comes out of, we'll get to the verse in a minute, but I want to tell you about it. Jesus in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is kind of a freaky teaching. It really, really is. Because you, you look at some of the things in the Sermon on the Mount and you go, Seriously? Is he serious? Does, does he actually mean this stuff? Here's the cool part. He does. But here's the thing you have to remember about the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Jesus is about to die on the cross for you and your sin. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay? Jesus is about to rise from the grave for you and your sin and the mess you've made. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay? Very, very important. Jesus is about to send the person of his Holy Spirit at Pentecost on the church. And what happens there is everything he did in his life, everything he did in his death, and everything he did in his resurrection now is brought into your life when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. Does that make sense? Does that kind of help a little bit maybe? Because sometimes I say stuff and everybody's like, what the heck is he talking about? But um, very, very important to to understand. The passage that we're focusing on today, it's not the one up there, but but it makes the statement that unless your righteousness, and that's our word, righteousness, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you cannot enter or you don't have the right to enter the kingdom of God. And you've got to remember, those Pharisees and Sadducees, they were some religious dudes. I mean, they knew the rules. They knew what they were supposed to do and what they weren't supposed to do. And, and, and they were big on that. And that was big for them. And, that was, and you look at them sometimes, you go, how in the world? And I want, to, I want, you, to, I want you to understand from the very beginning of this sermon. Now, here's, here's my encouraging point. You will never have a righteousness on your own that surpasses that of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So, Pastor, are you saying that I can never enter the kingdom of God? No, we'll get there, and you'll understand how exciting it is. But you need to understand that because although you were created in righteousness and for righteousness... Because of the sin of your original parents, Adam and Eve, you're born in sin. You're born in selfishness. You're born outside of the will of God, and you don't have the capacity to fix yourself. Are you got that? All right? And I think this is so important to understand because too often we kind of get the Oprah mentality where, you know, everybody's basically good. If anybody actually believes that, they need to read the newspaper. We are not basically good. We are basically selfish. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law is a police officer. He could tell you about the evils of selfishness. Okay? And so we need to understand that. We in and of ourselves don't have the capacity to save ourselves. We don't have the capacity to fix ourselves But that's what Jesus Christ was all about. Okay? And we'll get there this morning. But I wanted you to understand from the very beginning. Righteousness, if you're writing notes. Righteousness is the eternal will and way and mind and holiness of God. 
It's, it's the eternal will and way and mind and holiness of God. Okay? That's what righteousness is. From the very beginning, Jesus Christ had a righteousness. This is what's going to happen. This is who I am. Because he is righteousness. And he said, you need to understand, you were created here. I want to stop there. I want you to understand, you were created here. You weren't born here. (laughs) All right? But you were created in this holy righteousness, in the center of the will of God. In Genesis 1 and 2, Adam and Eve were in the center of God. They were happy. They were eating what they want. They were doing the right things. They were absolutely. God had told them, don't eat this one thing. One thing. Could you imagine? Back then, there was only one thing you couldn't eat, and them suckers had to eat it. Now, think about that. Okay? They come up. They eat this this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Who really wants that? You know, but the bottom line is because of that, they went into fear. Did you ever notice how much fear affects us today? Huh? They went into this dynamic of isolation or hiding from God and each other because they were embarrassed because all of a sudden they realized they were naked and they made fig leaves for themselves. Remember that? And the last, and this is, oh, we have perfected this art, haven't we? They started blaming each other and God. Has anybody ever done that? Any of you never done that? But you need to understand, that's where, as people, we begin to step outside of this holy righteousness of God. It's called sin. And sin is death, and sin is destruction. Are you listening? And that's what each and every one of us is born You say, well, Pastor, you're staying there a lot. Because I want us to get that. I really do believe that most Christians actually believe everybody's basically good. Now, now let me say this parenthetically, okay? I believe the DNA that God created us with is still in there. But we are dominated by selfishness. We are dominated by this is what I want And I want it now. (laughs) Okay? And I want to say all this to get there. Okay? Now, they had a terrible period from Abraham up through Joseph till they get to Moses. And Moses goes and leads the people out of slavery. And guys, you've got to understand, that's what the church is supposed to be doing. Getting together and being entertained. And getting together and checking off our thing, I was in church. That's not Christianity. That was never what Jesus was ever about. You need to understand that. You need to to get that. What it was about was Jesus, who was a representative of uh, Moses, who was a representative of Jesus. He led his people out of the slavery of sin and selfishness and ugliness and debauchery out of that slavery back almost to the promised land. And then Joshua, which is actually the term in the Greek for Jesus, actually led them into 
the promised land. Is anybody listening? You need to understand, Christians, that's what you're about. That's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Because as Christians, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are supposed to have the same mindset and motives as Jesus Christ. And what Jesus Christ did, he didn't have to do for himself, but he did for you. Let me help you with this. When you call yourself a Christian, you live for every person around you before yourself. Hear what I'm saying. I don't find a lot of that in the church today. Can uh, you mind me being honest? I find most people go to church to get a little religious psychotherapy to feel a little better about themselves and maybe get out of the mess they've made. I want you to understand the only way to get out of the mess you've made is to absolutely give your life to Jesus Christ and allow him to do the great work in your life he wants to do. In Moses' time, to go back to Moses, he gave this thing called the Ten Commandments. Everybody heard of the Ten Commandments? Now, you're not allowed to talk about them in school today, but they're still real. Okay? We're not even allowed to put them on, on like, signs in public squares. What? You know, there, there's this, I don't know where they get that, because I don't know about you, but in the Constitution, the First Amendment, it says we have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. Can somebody help me with all that? But you need to understand, the problem is, guys, this has nothing to do with my sermon. The problem is us. We need to be praying. And we need to be living in such a way that we're impacting the people around us. Amen? And that's so very, very, very important. You know, these young people in school so often, they don't hear this stuff. They hear, oh, no, you can't say anything religious in school. Young people, you can say anything religious you want to. I can't go into school and say something religious, but you can And if anybody has a problem with that, you tell them to call me. Okay? Because you could say anything you want about God. You've got to understand, this is so very important. This has nothing to do with my sermon. But there's this thing called the Ten Commandments. Okay? The problem with people is, they took the Ten Commandments and they made about 600 and some rules out of the Ten Commandments. Anybody here grow up in a religion where you couldn't do nothing? I mean, in my denomination, oh my goodness, finally when I was a teenager one day, I stood up and said, what can I do? And my mom just about had a heart attack. And and, and my dad had the belt ready for me when I got home. Okay? By then I was faster than him, so I just got out of there. But in all seriousness, we have this thing where we do we come up with all these rules and and they're weird and I was thinking uh, the other day about the rules and I always got a kick out of the fact that you weren't allowed to dance you weren't allowed to uh, smoke you weren't allowed to drink alcohol you weren't allowed you weren't allowed you weren't allowed yet I always and I ask people this all these evangelists would come along and they weighed about 972 pounds and they'd sit down at lunch and have 47 pieces of fried chicken I don't see nothing about movies in the Bible, but I see something about gluttony. I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> am, am I right, Ms. Donna? Uh, you know, so these dudes could eat. You know, that has nothing to do with my sermon either. But, um, but I think it's just very important to understand we need to be careful. Because, guys, it's the, the Word of God and dynamics like the Ten Commandments that are important. Not all these rules and things other people come up with. 
Are you listening to me? Because this is so, so, so very, very, very important. The other thing I want to say before I really get to the heart of my sermon is you need to understand righteousness is not rules. Righteousness is Jesus Christ living like him, loving like him, caring like him, being willing to die for others like him. That's righteousness. Okay? We of ourselves do not have the capacity for righteousness, but by his grace and his help, we do have the capacity for righteousness. But that doesn't mean that somehow the Ten Commandments and the laws of God disappear. And that's kind of where we enter in with the scripture today, and I think it's very important. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come, not not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, too often we think, oh my goodness, I'm never going to live up to this moral um, depth. I'm never going to live up to this moral height that so many church people tell me I need to. And, and so often we feel like, man, I'm, I'm just never going to be able to live up to this, and so I might as well give up. And Excuse me. And, and I, you know, we just, we just kind of give up. I want you to understand, it's not about rules. It's not about the rules of the church. It's not about what other people come up with. But that doesn't mean that you go out of here and you just live whatever way you want to in what the Bible calls licentiousness, where there is no rules. There's no boundaries. We need to be saying, you know what? I'm going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We need to investigate in God's word what that means. And we need to live and love and think and relate to others right there. Are Are you with me there? I think this is very, very, very important to understand because just because Jesus came to offer us grace so that we don't need all these rules and all these laws, that doesn't mean it dissipates. Jesus came to complete. Jesus came to fulfill. Jesus came to do everything that was necessary so that no matter what the struggles and obstacles may be in our lives, By his grace and by his life, by his righteousness, we absolutely can be made right with God. Did you hear what I just said? There's a lot of good people running around with struggles. Maybe addictions. Maybe things that that they know they shouldn't say. Things that, 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 that really bother them. Maybe they live in fear. Maybe they live in depression. Maybe... Whatever it might be. And, and, and the evil one's always telling you, see, you're worthless. See, see, you're not worthy to be a Christian. The evil one's always telling you, you'll never live up to this. You might as well walk away. You're never going to be that person. I want you to see something. And I think this is so important. What the law, the rules, were powerless to do because, of, of, because it was weakened by the flesh... Listen to this. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. I I think this is so, so very, very important. Verse 4. In order that, listen to this. Remember the word righteousness. The righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. 
I want you to hear, okay, if you really understood this, there would be a smile on your face. Because no matter what kind of weak knucklehead you may be, and we all are, it's okay because Jesus took care of all of that. He took care of everything that was necessary for me so that I might be made right and righteousness, righteous through the love and grace and power through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't you let anybody tell you that you're too sinful. Well, there are certain things in your life that they, they, they just make it so you could never be a, a man or woman of God. I want you to understand, Jesus did everything necessary to make you right with God. like this. This is so important. Because I don't know about you, but I do stupid things. It's hard for you to believe, isn't it? I say stupid things. I say and think things I shouldn't say and think. I make decisions that I realize later, that was wrong. That was wrong. Amen? Here's the cool part. Jesus already accomplished and did everything necessary so that I can be right with God, so that you can be made right with God. Every time the evil one comes and tells you you're too bad or you've done something that God could never forgive or you've got a habit or a struggle or an addiction or a pattern in your life that you really struggle with and the evil one's telling you oh yeah that just knocks you out of the out of heaven man you just can't get there the bottom line is this i want you to hear this everything that needed to be done for you to enter into the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven and one day live eternal with him has already been accomplished i think that's so important i think that's so 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 very important And Jesus comes back and says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness, okay, your righteousness. So it is this connection between you and the righteousness of Jesus, what he just did, surpasses that of the Pharisees and Sadducees and the teachers of the law. You will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me say this again. These were some religious dudes. They wore tassels on their garments and they, they walked around with their noses up looking down on everybody because they went to church every Sunday and they had at least 15 years of perfect Sunday school attendance pins. And I mean, they just, you, you name it, man, they, they had their outward act together. But let me help you with something. The, the righteousness that Jesus is talking about is something you or they could never do. Because why would you why would you want to do it when Jesus already did it? Please hear me. This is a huge thing. Most people who call themselves Christians still feel like they need to live up to some kind of unreachable moral equivalent. 
Now, as a man of God, I want to be there. I do. Now, I, I want to be just like Jesus. I want to think like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to die for others like Jesus. I absolutely. The problem is I've never quite got there. Has anybody got there? Here's the cool part. That's why we started where we did. That's okay. Because Jesus Christ already got there and made provision for me. I just think this is such a necessary thing. Because I think there are so many people who want to be people of God and want to be Christians. And they just feel like I could never live up to that church thing. I could just never be perfect like all those people in the church. That was a joke. And I could never live like them. I could never talk like them. I could, I could never be like them. I want you to understand something. Every person here has something. Are you with me? I'm not putting down. I'm not lowering God's standards. I'm just letting you know that in our human, we're never going to actually be that. But he already was that for you and I. It's very, very, very important. You see, and this is, <laughs> this is such a powerful passage of Scripture. God made him who knew no sin. Does anybody know who that was? Jesus Christ. God made him who had no sin, no, knew no sin, to be sin for me. So that I might become the righteousness of God. Somebody please say amen. amen. Okay? You need to understand something. The reason Jesus on the cross looked up in heaven and said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Is because your sin was on him. Every one of them. Every one of them. He became sin, not because he was sinful, but because he carried my sin and your sin on the cross. He became sin. And he died a complete and perfect death. And he rose a complete and perfect resurrection so that you and I, through Jesus Christ, can become the righteousness of God. 